ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. Mm. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. And welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. I'm Adam Minhan, sitting here with David Niles, Juan on the buttons this evening. We are sans Jimbo Baggins. I feel exposed. Anybody just don't walk in. Just don't just break in. Come right on in. And like, who's gonna who's don't gonna be there don't to restrain it. them? Don't do that. Don't do it. Uh, we want to give a shout out to. Uh, I feel like you know that feeling when you're driving without your seatbelt on. Because it's like, oh, I'm just going down the street in the neighborhood. And you're just uh, worried the whole time. And it just feels it's wrong. Like I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. I, I, I feel at risk. That's, what, that's, that's what how I feel right now. Without, without Jim. We'll be, he'll be back, though, next week. Yeah. I just want to like throw this out there that we don't coordinate our outfits <laughs> ever. That's <laughs> not something that we do. Except unless we're like doing a speaking engagement and we have to say, you're wearing a suit, right? Like, if I wear a suit and you show up not in a suit, you're going to look, look like an idiot. Look, yeah, we look We'll stupid. both look like an idiot. Right. We do coordinate an outfit in that occasion, but, but tonight, not today. Not tonight. We, we did not. However, we both look like lumberjacks. That was not planned. I feel like I look more like a trucker. Okay. With a hat. Sure. I look more like a lumberjack, most likely. No, you look like a, like a poser lumberjack, kind of. Oh, thanks. You don't have a beard. Okay. <laughs> Just rub that in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let, welcome to the Catholic Command Show. I already introduced, I think, everybody. for those who have never, like, let's say hypothetically, throw yeah. this out there. Yeah. Somebody, this is their first episode. Adam, tell them a little bit about the Catholic Man Show. Okay, the Catholic Man Show. First thing we do is we start out with the symphony, and we dissect the symphony, making sure that it is apropos to the current situation in the state of our lives. Yeah. We then talk about our feelings, and then at the end we have a nice cup of tea with uh, some crumpets. Very English. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, I don't even know what a crumpet is. Is that a little, like a biscuit, I think. Is it good? I have no idea. You just have jelly on it? Oh, that'd be great if it did. I mean, I don't want to eat a dry biscuit. That's the thing. Right. Me either. Uh, no, okay. I'd rather have some, some gravy or some bacon. Is it slap some bacon on th- that biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. No, yeah. The intro verse. Oh, I agree. Anyway. Okay. So no, uh, if this is your first time listening to the Catholic man, show, we do three things? We open review and enjoy a man beverage. We highlight a man gear and we have a, a manly discussion. Dave and I have been best mm. friends for about, Oh, 30. Oh. You left one. Out. Uh, 32 years, 31 years, 30 years. Well, how old are we? We're, we're 34 30 years old. We did not know each other at age two. We yeah, in okay. kindergarten. Right. Since kindergarten. Okay. So 29 years, 28 years. 
Uh, we live across the street from each other now. We, we grew up together. We went to the same uh, parish growing up. We, had, we were in the same small faith groups growing up. We went to high school together. We lived together after college. And we started a Catholic radio station here in Tulsa by accident. And we started this radio show because we wanted something different for our radio station. Turns out that it is now on uh, 15, 16 different Catholic or different radio stations and it's a podcast. That is what we do on the Catholic Man Show. We got the idea of the Catholic Man Show by we go to a lot of different Catholic men's groups. We have couple different Catholic men's groups that we enjoy a beverage, talk about theology. We implemented those ideas into this show. They, I was distracted there for a second. Did you say the three things that we yes, do? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Uh, tonight's drink that we're having tonight is Deeston, uh, Deeston 12-year. Deeston? Deeston. 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 Okay. Highland single malt scotch whiskey. Simple handcrafted natural is what it says. It's a 46.3% ABV. I uh, love it. We, you've already tried it. I tried it. Okay, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And that's a little Cheers rude. to Jesus. A little rude that you've already I got, tried it. You, th- that's what I got distracted on during your, your spiel. I got You're sidetracked. Like, Listen, I've already heard this story and I took before. A sip and I'm I was like, interested in. Wow, that is good. Okay, so what were your notes? What do you, other well, than this is good? I I wasn't. I got. Hang on. Okay, so they, don't put me on record yet. The co- the color is caramel. It's a, a it is nice, a dark color. Nice dark wooded caramel. The nose it says. Well, actually, I'm gonna get. Do we want to give Dave's notes before we give the official tasting notes, or do we want to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, typically, whenever you're uh, I'm getting cucumber. Okay. Cucumber. Yeah. Okay. On the nose. On the nose, yeah, a little cucumber, a little, um, little uh, muskmelon. Muskmelon? I don't yeah. even know what muskmelon it's is. It's sort of like a cantaloupe that doesn't taste very good. Okay. Yeah. What's on? What's about? There's other things. Palate. The, the, the like, so there's like I say cucumber. There's like a crisp. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, on the palate. Mmm. Like, definitely a lot of. Uh, like cinnamon, red hot candy. Okay. Some red hot candy. Uh, just wow! It's so. Fu- this is a great finish. Finish. The finish is peppery. Um, it's it's a long finish. Uh, this is my kind of whiskey right here. The I mean, Highland is it? I mean, it's it? a Highland, but man, this is fantastic. Okay, so here's the official tasting notes. Okay. I think actually you did. A, you know, for not. Not being known for I'm not tasting. the nose. I'm not, not the I'm not the whiskey guy. Yeah, uh, but you did a pretty good job. Thank you. The the nose is fresh hay of summer, malted a multi cereal, rich creamy toffee and honey heather, balanced with a sweet oak and barley sugar. Yeah, it's got a, a nice oaky afterbirth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as our intro I'm, said. I'm sorry. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the palate said a uh, smooth, creamy sweetness with a uh, a hint of fruit, multi honeyed spiciness, mm-hmm. which is probably your red hot candy that you. I mean, to me, it's like the, the it cinnamon. Was, it wasn't just cinnamon; it's like powerful cinnamon. Okay, and the the finish is says crisp and satisfying with a tingle of cloves, which linger then gently fade away. Mm-hmm. I'm here and then I gently fade away. Here and I'm and I'm out. <laughs> fade away. Yeah, just fade what away. is that from? Is that from Dane Cook? I don't know. Maybe. I don't even want it. Uh, I get a lot of green apple. Yes, it is. It's from the... Yeah. With the uh, coats. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I get a lot of green apple in the uh-huh. nose. Uh-huh. I almost said apple. A lot of green apple candied. Man, why have I never heard of this? It's Deanston. Well, you have because when year we old. went to Oklahoma City for our whiskey tasting and cigars with yeah. Archbishop Coakley, we had the Deanston tw- uh, 18 year. Oh, okay. Uh, there. It's great. This is awesome. How much was this bottle? Hmm. I think it was about $55. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't taste anything like a Highland. If you were to give this to me, I'd say, oh, that's an Isla whiskey. I would not say that. Because it's not, uh, there's no sm- iodine. It's not, there's no, no uh, it's smoke. Not iodine, there's no but, PD. But it's. Which are like the three things that You don't think you- there's some smoke to it? No. No, I don't get smoke. At all. Okay. Well, um, but it's, it's. I would actually probably say it's more of a spa- I would have guessed a space side just because of the fruitiness hmm. on the on the the green apple on the on the I think nose. all the spicy peppery maybe or what take it's me a, in that take a, me in that direction. It's, good, it's, it's very a, it's very peppery. Yeah. I enjoy it. Me I too. Think a, I think it's a it's a good highlight. It's a, and it's different. Deanston 12 year it's it's like I said about 55 bucks more I believe. Of this in moderation um, before I leave. It's a, it's a it's a good scotch. Uh, Dave, what are we doing here upcoming? What do we have on the docket? We're going to Pennsylvania. Are you Are you going? I'm going. Did we Did are, you are get you approved? To oh go? yes, I got my yes. I did get my uh, jury duty reassigned. Okay, because we committed to it, and then like then right away I get the, the, the next I've like couple days. Never had jury duty before, and you got reassigned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just so call them and they just I know. said, That's yeah. That's what I said. That's yeah, no big deal. We, so we need to buy the plane tickets. I don't even think that you have to give a reason. I think it's like if you want it reassigned, they'll reassign it. Allentown, Pennsylvania is where we're headed. Yeah. On November 21st. We'll be there November 21st at the cathedral. There's Less a cathedral. than a month away. Less than a month away. I'm so glad that somebody is doing a conference. I am too. It's good. To, it'll be good to just like, get together get back with to, other guys. To regular, like get back to normal. Because mm-hmm. we've done a couple uh Done a couple of virtual conferences, and they're 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 fine. They're, but you know what? I don't think they are. They're I mean, during the pandemic, like during the show, what else are you gonna do? Right. You you don't have an option. They're good options it's kind of like, for what we have. Uh, it's you you're you're really settling for a, a a virtual conference. That's my own opinion, but it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a drastic improvement over nothing. So, I'm really excited about. About this conference, they're still like for those of you who are like getting really worried right now that oh my gosh people are gonna die because of this conference, they're taking precautions and right and there's a limited number of people and we're all social like distancing. just just slow okay. your roll everything's we're, fine we're fine yeah we'll be, we'll be everything's all right. fine we'll be all it's right it's gonna be great I'm, I'm excited so about excited it. about it yeah yeah uh, if you go to the catholicmanshow.com you you can find out more information for that yeah and I don't know if tickets are still available or not but I don't either. I know, that we're, I know that we're going. We're, we, we will be there. So that'll be fun. Totally fun. Got a buck. Yes. I, uh, we just went down and looked at its head in your garage. Yes. Uh, muzzle loading season has begun in... You have a muzzle loader? Yeah. Well, I personally don't. I have a uh, a friend okay. down there that... I was going to say, I one. didn't know you had a muzzle loader. Yeah. I want to so. see that too. Right. So... Uh, anyway, when we get back, we'll jump into the man gear. We'll, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Juan Posada. We're drinking a little bit of uh, Deanston 12-year. Fantastic. So, I really think you should go out and, and buy some of this. This evening, one of the things that I went over to Juan's house because we did not get a chance to go to his son's birthday party this weekend, yeah, Santiago. My godson. Your godson. So we went over there to celebrate his birthday this evening to give him his presents and everything. One of the things that Juan does, one of the things about Juan, see, the thing about Juan yeah. is when you go over to his house, he's really good at hospitality. Totally. Not only is he good at hospitality, but he's really good at cooking as well. Oh, yeah. If you've been to the Catholic Mancho camp out a couple of years ago, what we opted to do was steaks right on the coals, mm-hmm. straight on the coals, which right? Is, which is great. We did that tonight. Oh, you did? Yep. And I gave we gave a video tutorial that I'm going to be posting on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Catholic Mancho. So if you want to learn how to do it, Juan did it tonight. It is a super fun way to cook a steak. And I videoed it, and it turned out delicious. Oh, so good. I've done it, too. He did that for me uh, for my birthday two years ago. Right right before the camp out. He gave me, for my birthday, a meat experience. Which which was awesome. That sounds weird. Uh, It wasn't weird. It was awesome. uh, Yeah, so. So he did that, and like just watching him do it, I was able to do it again by myself. Without any help. I had no help, and I did it, and it yeah, turned out Yeah, once you learn how to do it. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to be posting that on the Catholic Man Show, so you can uh, check that out. This segment is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com. Use the promo code TCMS for 10% off all of your purchases. Jonathan Conrad is the guy who's done that. He's been supporting our show since, I don't know, day five of the, yeah. uh, of, of the since, Catholic Man since Show. Since before The Catholic Woodworker. Since, yeah, and before uh, Patreon.com yeah. slash The Catholic Man Show. Yeah. Uh, he's been donating to us. He's a great Catholic family man. We've had a chance to meet him. He makes quality heirloom uh, rosaries, home altars, and crucifixes. One of the things I love about the home altars, let me just tell you really fast. I use it all the time whenever I'm traveling. I'm a, I'm a sales guy. Yeah. I travel quite a bit, and I take the home altar with me while I'm traveling. So when I go to the hotel room, I can set it up. I have a little... Uh, you know, altar that I have a crucifix, a prayer card, I have the candle, I'm ready to go to yeah. to keep. Because one of the things about traveling is it gets you out of your routine, right? It gets you out of your prayer routine, it gets yeah. you out of your the things that you do at night, your systems that you you, you go through with your, your wife or whatever to pray. And uh, sometimes whenever you're traveling, you lose that rhythm. And oh, yeah, absolutely. The, it happens to me all the time. The, uh, the, Home altar gives you an opportunity to continue to sanctify. It kind of holds even, you down. Even, yeah. even when you're traveling. So, so the woodworker.com. The uh, man gear for today is a nail gun. Sweet. I, I br- can't believe we have never done a nail gun. I brought my nail gun here today. Nice. Here is it that, is. Is that your mini one? That's your yeah, small yeah, oh one. Oh, yeah. This is my small one. It's my... That's your smaller one. Yeah, this is just my three and a half inch framing nail gun. Okay, good. My, my other one shoots flames. With nails. Actually... Actually, they do have nail guns that use uh, like propane and explosive, like explosive gas. What uh, could go wrong? Yeah. So uh, there's another one. It's called a pass load. They they make a nail gun that you put a like a can of like gas into, and the the benefit of them they they also have a battery. The benefit of them is that you don't need a you're not connected to a hose. So you know if you're up on a a roof. Mm. It's really nice just to be able to take the the tool and not be connected to anything. Um, they were kind of the first ones to go 
wireless, so to speak. Um, back in the day, this is, you know, they had the... <laughs> they even have an app. You can just hit the button on your phone and it shoots the nail. Right. Well, no, no, no. Because this was back in the day before <laughs> lithium batteries. And so, you know, the battery would like assist the gas kind of. Okay. But the, the back then batteries just weren't very good. And so the, the you were always having to change the batteries. People complained about that. But these days, batteries are much better. And so if you want to buy a pass load, like if you need a a, a nail gun... Those are really sweet, um, but they're like three hundred dollars instead of one hundred. How much is yours? This was one hundred and seventy dollars. And what? what so is this is one? Matabo. Okay. Matabo is Hitachi. Hitachi. Hitachi, which uh, was very, very good brand for especially for nail guns, has bought it was bought out by Matabo, and so now same same product, okay, just different brand name. Um, You're replacing the siding in your house, which yes. is why you got that. Is that so, correct? So yeah, I'm I'm redoing the siding on my house. Uh, or did you get that for your bathroom remodel? No, no, I just got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, the siding was rot rotting, and so I pulled it off. Ended up having to replace all of the um, plywood around my chimney, mm. the OSB board. I rem- yeah, dude. And I I got up on that ladder. It was a little nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm actually really proud of the uh, pulley system that I rigged up. That is nice. You know, because those... Uh, it's something to be proud of. I, the, oh, yeah. Those plywood sheets, they're probably 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the top of my... Uh, the, Maybe not that much, but yeah. 50 pounds. I mean, it's hard to say. It's They're hard to grip and just lift. Sure. So um, at the top of my chimney, like 25 feet in the air, I... More. I, I definitely cannot hold it with one hand to climb a 25 foot ladder right and just hold it Absolutely. on the wall and Absolutely. then nail it right so I took a, I have a sailboat took some extra parts had a rigged up a pulley system that would just and with a cleat built into it so when I pulled it up it would stay there and so I could just slowly pull it higher and higher and it'd hold it like just nail it on That's the impressive. wall yeah I was like when I did it I thought I have done something good today like this I, I beheld my creation and said, it is good. I also would like to uh, dedicate this segment to Lady Pamela. Her birthday was this weekend. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, yes. Happy birthday to Lady Pamela. Yeah, she's 32. 32 years young. I told her, you don't look a day over 27. There's no way. Not even close. I don't even, I, I know you, how old you are, and I still don't believe it. I just don't even believe it. So happy birthday, Pamela. So the thing about nail guns, they were only invented in like the 1950s. So they're they're a pretty new uh, tool for you know it's like wow, a nail gun really took over. Mm-hmm. This was a good thing that was invented, right? Um, <laughs> yes. And the still like just the very cl- if you want just a, a solid nail gun, just get a pneumatic one. You know it runs on air pressure. Go get yourself a little pancake compressor. Um, but if you have like more like three hundred fifty dollars to spend. The, the battery-operated nail guns are very sweet. And actually, they have more driving power. And I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I loved the nail guns whenever I... I used one whenever I was uh, putting trim in our old the old house that we, we yeah. had. Yeah. Uh, I bought the house, and it didn't come with trim. That was one of the things it didn't come with whenever we redid it. We ripped it, it no, out. There was no trim at all? No, because we... I ripped it out because remember it had the seafoam green carpet. carpet. Oh, that was such a nice carpet, dude. Seafoam green. Except you could see like where the paths where people walked. Yeah. Because it wasn't so it was green like anymore. Straight out of 1970s. Seafoam green with the seafoam green like 
accent tiles in the kitchen and the light fixture. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was really, br- it was, it, really was great. it was beautiful. Yeah. So I, when I ripped that out, I was spending the as little amount of money as I could. And I didn't tell him I would like the trim put back. I was like, I want it as cheap as possible. And he said, okay, you yeah. got it. And they, they did exactly that. We're using Elmer's glue now. Right. And they didn't put, they didn't put any trim back. And so, uh, did you borrow borrow a nail gun? No, Brent Brent Cox brought over a nail gun for us. Okay, I cut it all. Used my miter saw. Got it all. Which, by the way, trim is actually very easy if you have a miter saw. Yeah. Uh, and and you can you can knock it out. And if you have a nail gun as well, you can throw some trim up or crown up this pretty is quick. Not the nail gun that you want to use for your trim. They'd probably go way th- go straight through it, wouldn't no, it? No, no. You for trim. The thing is, I'm shooting a. So this shoots anywhere from like a two to a three and a half inch nail. Oh, okay. This yeah, is not a, a finishing. Nail. This is a framing nail this gun. Is a framing nail. Yeah. Gun. So this is great distinction. Construction. Sure. Yeah. So you want a finishing nail gun or finishing nailer? Nail mm-hmm. gun, nailer, same thing. Uh, that you know, and the, or even a maybe a for trim. You want to use a finishing nail gun, just a tiny, tiny, tiny nail. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, it doesn't. Well, it'll have a head on it, but you know they also have these mm-hmm. nails. Basically, it looks like a oh a paper clip that you got that straightened out. Sure, you know it just it doesn't have a head. So yeah, there's different classifications. That's one thing. When I bought a nail gun, that I I thought you get a nail gun and it's gonna be able to shoot a wide range of nails. And like different purposes, you know, like, oh, I'll just put some finishing nails in my nail gun and Mm -hmm. shoot those. No, that is not the way it works. Nail guns are made for specific uses. So they make siding nail guns. I just didn't want to buy a siding nail gun because I'm not going to put up siding for that. I don't want to be putting siding up again after this, right? Sure. So a framing nail gun is a little bit more versatile. You can use it for fencing. You know, you can use it for... It's just like heavy, you know, driving big nails. Sure. Okay? Um, And so when you're looking at nail guns... Something to to pay attention to. That's kind of the bad thing is you can't say, oh, go get... If you want a general purpose nail gun, there is no really general purpose nail gun. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it depends on what... It depends on what your general purposes are, right? So... uh, in many ways, a fr- you could go get a framing na- or no, a, a finishing nail gun, and that is going to be relatively general purpose. I mean, like if you're building cabinets or a bookshelf, like I'm going to be building another bookshelf for for Lady Pamela. For me? That's what she oh. wanted for her birthday was another bookshelf, bookshelf to match nice. the other one. Um, so I'm going to be building another one of those. So nice. a finishing nail gun will handle all of that stuff. If it's if it's for inside, mm-hmm. finishing nail gun. If it's for outside, probably a framing nail gun. Sweet. Okay. We're gonna talk about the plagues tonight. The plagues. I'm interested. It's your topic. I'm not an expert at it. It's gonna be cool. You're very you're a very expert. I watched a Tim Gray episode. So you know. So I know. You know things. And then I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. And then even uh, Tom Bodette left the light on for he you. He did. He did. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. 
And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. Welcome back, I guess is what I should say. We're uh, sipping on a little bit of Deanston 12 year. Talked about the nail gun. Also, if this episode so far has just been so riveting for you, where you thought, these guys, I need to give them money. A, a, a rivet gun is much different from a nail gun, just so you know. Those it's are very both, good distinction. both in the fastener family. Very good distinction. Yeah. But you can go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. We are about to start in 2021. This is exclusive news. We haven't let anybody else know this. I Do guess, I know except, about this? Except for Patreon. Do I know it? Yeah, you know. Okay. We are because sometimes you literally make announcements about the show, and you're like huh. on the show that you didn't tell me first. Right. I do that sometimes. Cool, bro. Yeah. Uh, we are having Carlo Broussard do an eight-week course exclusively for our Patreon members on Saint Thomas Aquinas's Five Ways, and he is going to be developing a. Like I said, an eight-week course where Dave and I are not the moderators, but we just kind of give a little bit of feedback. We're the color guys. We're the color guys to his talk, and then we take live yeah. Q&A sessions to our patron members. You can go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Anybody above $10 a month, $10 and above, will have access to the eight-week course on St. Thomas Aquinas' Five Ways that he's doing exclusively for us. Carla Broussard is an apologist at Catholic Answers. You can go to catholic.com. I think it's more. funny that the five ways, so complicated, it takes eight episodes. It it would actually take probably 52 episodes, I would imagine. Yeah. A, a full year. year. A full, full year. To to skim the, the surface of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay, so we're talking for, about... Just for the first pass, that's what you're saying. First pass. Yeah. So we're talking about the plagues tonight. Yeah, we are talking about the plagues. So, um... Um, Pamela and I, we do this uh, Bible study with some other other families, and uh, we are all a big, big, big fan of Dr. Timothy Gray, Dr. Mm-hmm. Tim Gray. Mm-hmm. He is awesome, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything by him is just going to be great. So, um, right they now... They reached out to us asking if he wanted to be on our show. Should we have him on? We should have him on, shouldn't we? Did they ask us that? Yeah. Is he, yeah. Yeah, we should definitely have him on. That's a silly question. Okay. Well, I get a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we should have him on. Okay. See Sweet. if he'll come over. Okay. We'll see. Bring him here. That's okay. what we need to do. So, um, right now we're going through Exodus. Exodus. Exodus is great. You know, we Movement did Exodus ninety the last year, and well, actually, it was earlier this year. But Exodus. Was it this year? Yeah. It was because we finished like right as the shutdown was was happening, kind of. I mean, was, the shutdown was already happening. Anyway, so when you do Exodus, 
90, you read the book of Exodus and you kind of get like a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a Bible study in the commentary. Just that, a little bit. Just a little bit. So, but I had no idea. There's so much I didn't know. So the book of Exodus. Shocker. Yeah. It was originally you called. you know a lot. I, I know some things. I know some things. You know a lot about little things. I know more than nothing. Uh, but it was originally called the book of names. Because God revealed his name? Because God reveals his name in this book. But I it, am who I am. Mm-hmm. His essay. Correct. And if what is you, his essence? His essay. If you keep that in mind when you read the book, you see how important names are in the narrative of the story. Okay? Um, Which I'm sure we'd be going over with Carlo Broussard. I'm, oh, I'm sure. Because of the five ways. Yeah. The essence with the essay. Yeah. The name. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I, okay, so we're... So, uh, you know, Moses, he goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I do not know this God. I don't know him. And that is kind of like in the same thing as like not having the name. So the reason why, think about, Moses was able to do all of these incredible miracles where people like Elijah and Abraham and like the, fa- the fathers of Judaism, they did nothing compared to what Moses ended and up doing. Moses was doing a lot of things. And that was because Moses could invoke the name of God. Possessing the name uh, is like possessing authority. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's um, why, like, as as uh, parents, husband and wife, we give a name to our offspring, to our to our children, because right. we have authority over our children. Right. Yeah. So um, originally, when Moses goes to Pharaoh, he's not saying, "Let my people go free." Yeah. 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 Pharaoh, he, Pharaoh. He only says, "Well, God command this." God tells him. Let my people make a three days journey into the desert that they might worship me. And then they're going to come back. It wasn't like, we're going to get out of here. Just let us have a three day journey into the desert so that we can worship and then we'll come back. But wasn't it even more than worship? It's more of like sacrifice, right? Wasn't, uh, weren't they going out for three days to offer sacrifices of what they, what the Egyptians were or what they were, uh, like not sacrificing because they were making deities of them. Well, okay, so sacri- worship always involves sacrifice. sacrifice. Sure. So like we, today we have a very perverted notion of worship. We think that like, oh, let's get together and sing some songs, songs. and that's worship. It's not. Right. That's it's praise, but it isn't worship. Worship always involved. You had to sacrifice something, and so at the at the holy mass, it's a worship because we're made present at the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's the eternal sacrifice. So that's why it's fitting worship. Um, so yeah, in the but in they the were going to go make sacrifices. Yeah, for worship. Right. Exactly. And what they were making sacrifices of were what they were making deities of. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. you're jumping the gun a little bit. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's premature. But I was just making sure I actually that was actually that more of a, a question. The, yes, but okay. you're you're absolutely correct about that. Okay. And so there's this um, theme in the if you, and if you can read the ri- original Hebrew, which of course I always do. Right. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, in my in my free time, I speak Hebrew. I have like uh, Hebrew and the Vulgate, and I, like I cross reference from. And yeah, that's about exactly. The, yeah. So, but there's this word avad, and that means means both to serve and to worship. Okay, and so here you have what what happens right off the bat when Moses says, you know, let my let the people go. Uh, you know, the first encounter of with Moses with this Pharaoh was, oh, you want your people to have less work to do? They have more work to do, and 
you know, they make the 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 Hebrew people were making bricks. The Egyptians would provide them for the straw. They would give them straw to make the bricks with. Well, they said, okay. no more straw. You guys got to go get your own straw, which meant that right away they have to start working on the Sabbath because they said, you you better not, you, Mess your, up the work your quota you is the same. Right, right. You got to produce the same number you of bricks. You have to go more. And so now all of a sudden uh, they had mm. to serve Pharaoh, Avad the Pharaoh, and they couldn't avad God. They couldn't worship God. It's the same word. And, and so when you read it in the Hebrew, it's very clear this play on words that is, that's being made. Who is it that they're serving and who should they be serving, right? So God makes it very clear. So anyway, the, uh, the ten plagues begin. The very first plague is very famous. Why do you think the ten plagues be- well, begun? Well, because that's, God said, I will, I will work mighty wonders and... Um, he was, God wanted to rescue his people. Okay? The Israelites. The Israelites. And he, they were becoming in, enculturated into a, Egyptian culture. There were also many okay, sins so that needed a, to be undone. So I think that's very interesting, though, because the Israelites were, like, like encompassing the culture of the Egyptians, right? Because what happens is, is like, as guys, I think we all can uh, relate to this. You, you kind of, like whoever you're a part of like whatever group you're a part of you kind of assimilate to like what these people how they right. act yeah become you become have, more like those people ha, yeah so like when i go down you know to certain places with with college friends or whatever i kind of act one way when i go to another place i act another way like you, you just like you kind of act like what your yeah. atmosphere is like yeah mirroring around yeah. yeah um and so even though you have the idea of like i have foundations i have principles i have things you know th- these are what i stand for you still kind of Sure. Act different way, which would be understandable, and it'd be easy to slip into uh, things that the Egyptians were doing. Well, as certainly you're, over generations. Over generations, you right. know, like the people who had grown up, Egypt is all they knew. Right. You know, it wasn't weird for them. To, they didn't think it was that's weird to see people worship frogs or you know other animals. So that's why it's important, even even today. But the the big the big crime that it seems like made God spring into action was the uh, the death of the innocents where when the the pharaoh took the hebrew boys and threw them into the into the nile river um and so the very first plague is vi- it really echoes this when you have the bl- the river turning into blood okay and so what what i want to draw out is that every single plague is specifically pedagogical it is meant to teach a specific thing, and what God is systematically doing is destroying and dethroning these Egyptian gods that were that were so important to the Egyptians, okay, and that the Hebrews had begun to worship as well, okay. So the very first one, the Nile River, uh, the river, the god associated that was the god Happy, H A P Y. His name's Happy. Um, he was considered the source of life. I'm happy, and so. You know, now he, the God happy is blood. So it's like almost, he, you know, he has been almost like it's his blood now that is can be seen in the river. Um, the second one is very interesting was the frogs. And uh, the second, there's a, a little line in there. You know, like sometimes there's a line in the Bible and you're like, I wonder why that's in here. It's kind of an interesting detail. But, right. you know, it says it was that they, everything is inspired. Why was this inspired? God, Holy Spirit. Like, right. Why is this in here? Um it says it was seven days later, and so what you what you can determine is that these plagues are all taking place on the Sabbath. Uh, 
the, what the Lord is saying is, you won't let my people avad me. You're making them avad you. Well, then I will, I will rain down plagues upon you, Pharaoh, on the day when they should be worshiping me. I will come and destroy that which is important to you, your gods. Okay? So it's very, very interesting. Everything is so specific. And we'll uh, pick up on the second plague. We have a lot of plagues to get through when we come back. Like, like, like eight, nine, nine, nine. We have a whole nine, eight and a half. But if you uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, then we, we continue going in between segments yeah. and on the outside of the breaks. So sure. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about the plagues uh, in the first segment, or well, the first segment of the topic, the third segment, the last one we did. We were able to make it through one plague, so I'm hoping, hoping we can make it. It's going to take teamwork, Adam, for us to get through this. Okay, that, that means Adam, be quiet. Don't sing anymore. Pura Vada is Pura Vida. Pura Vida. Pura Pura Vida means pure life. There you go. One. One. We, we basically speak it. So Are you laughing at me or, or Adam? Pura Is that Pura I'm not going to tell a story. Okay, keep, <laughs> okay. Keep going. So the second plague is these frogs, okay? The the Egyptian god was of Heck uh, was the frog god, okay? And he was the associated with fertility. And it was illegal. It was punishable by death if you killed a frog in Egypt, this is Egyptian culture. One thing about Egyptians is that they were 100% vegetarian. Ribbiting. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, so, like, picture this. You're driving down the, the, you know, you're in your chariot driving down the road, and you see a frog hopping on the road. You swerve, like, possibly causing a huge wreck before you run over that frog, because if you kill it, you'll be, like, and if somebody sees you kill it, if you kill it and nobody sees, you probably just keep on going, you know? <laughs> But if someone sees you do it, it's it's a you get the death penalty for killing the frog. Okay, so imagine this. You just croak, right? Yeah, exactly. You will, because I always thought, what a silly like plague. Is this really a plague? Like, I mean, it seems very inconvenient that there's frogs everywhere. But what's the deal? Only when you understand the culture of the time do you realize how terrifying it would be. To have your place overrun with frogs. And even in the biblical account, it says, like, they're in your kneading bowl, they're in your beds, they're in your... I mean, it's like you open, you, you find one inside and you open the door to let it out, and you're being real careful with it so as not to hurt the frog, and, like, four or five more jump in when you open the door. I mean, it, it just, the whole life, totally arrested. And it was, so, it was so much where you couldn't not kill the frogs. Okay, so here God is making the Egyptians kill their own God. Okay, I mean, hmm. and, and so like here it's so such so powerful. And then Pharaoh says, "Okay, fine, ma- ma- Moses, make the frogs go away." And he says, "When do you want them to go away?" He says, "Tomorrow." Moses says, "So that you will know that the Lord is God, it will happen exactly when you." And all of a sudden, you know, the frogs go away. Um, so they just hop along, right? Yeah, they just hopped. They just went about their way. Yeah. So um, 
The next one is the lice from the from the dust of the land. Um, the Egyptian god Seth was the god of chaos, and he was represented by uh, grains of sand. Mm. Okay, um, and this is up and up until this point, Pharaoh's magicians or his priests had been able to replicate all of the the signs that he had done. In fact, one interesting thing about the staff that turns into a snake in the in the account, uh, the word for snake is tanin. Um, but it, it doesn't say that his staff turned into a tanin, it turned into a tanina or something like that. And that actually means crocodile. So, uh, or like river That's monster. That's a big difference. It turns into a river monster. It's a big difference. Yeah. A, a dinosaur. So like, yeah, that would be a big difference. Oh, you kind of turned into a snake. I get it. You know, like it's already kind of snake shaped. Right. But if a staff turns into a crocodile, that is, that's, you know, that's a horse of a different color. Sure. And also, if a snake is eating the other snakes that the magicians made, that's one thing. But if it's a crocodile eating other crocodiles, once again, that's at a new level. Mm. So anyway, um, you know, the, the magicians have been able to replicate all of these. When, the, when he does, he takes ash and throw it in the air, and then all of a sudden... Um, Oh, no, 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 that's not when he does the ash. Anyway, the magicians are unable to replicate this with the lice. And they say, this is the finger of God. Even the magicians admit that this is like God, truly, who is able to do this, because they couldn't do it. With the lice? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Um, And so then the next one is the swarms of flies. Uh, The Egyptian god Kepri was depicted as a, a beetle or a fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that we see in the the Book of Wisdom in many ways is a commentary on the Exodus. Um, in Wisdom 11, 15 and 16, it says, In return for their foolish and wicked thoughts, which led them astray to worship irrational serpents and worthless animals, thou didst send upon them a multitude of irrational creatures to punish them, that they might learn that one is punished by the very things by which he sins. Hmm. So here you, know, here you are worshiping these gods, Fine, I will give them to you. You know, you worship lice and beetles. I will give you, you want, if this is what you want, I'll give it to you. You know, and he's just systematically taking all of these out. Um, and it's at this point that Pharaoh tries to make a deal with Moses, asking if the Hebrews can make offerings to God without leaving Egypt. Like, hey, okay, fine. You can worship your God, but do it. Just do it here, mm-hmm. and um, that's when Moses says this is in chapter eight, twenty, verse twenty-six of what of, what, of what? Exodus of Exodus. Yeah, it would not be right for us to do so, for we shall sacrifice to the Lord our God offerings abominable to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice offerings abominable to the Egyptians before their eyes, will they not stone us? You know, so like here, if, if they're killing lambs and cows, which they worship as gods, then they themselves would be killed by the Egyptians. I mean, because that's the law of, of the land. And so, yeah, it's like, how can we offer up these things here? I mean, it's like that, you, you wouldn't let us do that, that we'd all be killed. Um, so, which then brings the next one, uh, the fifth plague is the pestilence of cattle. The cow goddess Hathor, the bull god Apis, and the ram god Knum represented courage, strength, and virility. It was only the Egyptian cattle that were plagued. Bull butter. Yeah. Bull butter. Yeah. So the the Jewish cattle, they were all fine. Um, 
which is why it proves it was supernatural and not just like oh a, a, a natural plague that would have been taking out cattle the sixth one uh, was boils the egyptian god of medicine and healing was imhotep and if you know like if you're familiar with uh prince of egypt you'll remember that one in like the song where they're invoking all the names um so moses is in pharaoh's court this is where he throws ashes in the air and the egyptian priests it says they cannot stand before moses and this is because most likely the boils were bleeding which would have made them uh, ritually impure and so they couldn't stand before mm. before uh, pharaoh because they worship pharaoh as a god mm-hmm. um, and interestingly enough the jewish the jewish people would later on ad- adopt this same practice of blood making you ritually unpure so you wouldn't be allowed to go so here by this one he's taking away the priests i mean the very religion of egypt is being dismantled because the priests themselves have now been made ritually impure okay um the seventh plague is hail uh, the goddess newt was the protector of weather and sky hmm. and so like now it seems like she's punishing them kind of but um then locusts the Egyptian god of insects was Sobek, um, and Anubis was the god of the fields. And L- locusts would be so annoying. Oh man, that it would be. And what it says is that an easterly wind arose, and like that doesn't mean much to us, but the geography here and it was n- locusts never came from the east. They always only came from the south or the west. So, the, I mean, the fact that it was these locusts coming from the east is also symbolic, you know, coming from the east, you know, our churches faced face Ad east. orientum. Right, exactly. So, um, the eastern, the fact that they came from that way was what proved to them this is a plague. It's not, not a coincidence. Um, then, the, the plague of darkness. So, this was the god Ra, or Ray, either one. Um, he was the god of the sun and believed to be the creator of the world and the giver of life. Um, so the darkness lasted three days, and it was, once again, only on the Egyptian side of town. Um, and he was, Ra was considered to be the most powerful. And, you know, so here is God saying, oh, this is your most powerful God, I'll just blow him out like a candle. You know, yeah, he's no big deal for me. Um, and then finally, uh, the tenth is the the death of the firstborn. So Pharaoh, like I said... Be the worst. Yeah, it would be. Um, he was the, he was worshipped as a god, and his... His firstborn son may also have been worshipped as a god. Um, this is the first time that the Hebrew people need to do something in response to the plague. So up until this point, they don't do anything. They just sit there and God plagues the Egyptians. So for now, they ha- they're having to... The Egyptians, they take a hyssop branch. Yeah, yeah. But they have to now kill a god themselves. See, up until this time, they haven't had to do anything. Now, the uh, Egyptians worshipped lambs. In fact, historians record that fact up until um, the time of Jesus. They were still doing it. So now they have to take a knife and a a sheep in their own hand. They have to slaughter it. A lamb. uh, A lamb, knowing they're committing a, a grave crime. And it was believed, the culture said, you would be cursed if you ever killed a lamb. So they have to, like... Uh, it's a big step in faith in God. Like they're possibly taking a curse upon themselves by doing this, okay? It, an interesting thing also is that it says, take a lamb on the 10th day, but you don't kill it till the 14th day. And that's because many of the Egyptians were not circum, or many of the Hebrews were not circumcised. They mm. had been 
relaxed in their you know Hebrewness, really becoming more Egyptian. And then you you kill the the lamb and you take a hyssop branch and put it over the the doorpost, mm-hmm. which is the a hyssop branch that they used when in when Christ was on the cross to raise up to uh, ha- give him wine. Right, but. That, which took, is huge because the like, four days they, there though was because it took those were that's the connecting dots. Well, there's a lot of connecting. There's dots. There's a lot of connecting dots, right? We're gonna have to finish this on the other side. So if you want to hear the rest of our episode and you're listening on the radio, go to our uh, YouTube channel or our website, CatholicManager.com. You can hear the rest. We'll finish this uh, for our live live listeners. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. Okay, so, but this uh, circumcision thing. So, according to, like, Jewish text, uh, rabbinic literature, it took three days of healing for after an adult circumcision. Shoot, it'd take me longer than that. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Okay? Way more. Yeah, way more than that. I think three days is not enough. I think we take, I'd be willing to give a guy a solid week off of work or something, right? Grown, Grown man, I'll give you a week. Okay. Yeah, three weeks. Okay. Juan says three weeks. Yeah. I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny? Because if you have a guest in your house, and this continued to be the tradition uh, for years and years and years when they would celebrate the Passover, you could not eat the Passover if you were not circumcised. And you couldn't stay in the house during the Passover if you weren't partaking in the Passover. So it's like, hey... I'm so glad you're staying with us, Adam. We're so glad to have have you for company this week. I have something that we need to talk about, okay? We need to do something, because tonight's Passover, so... So anyway, that's why they were to take the lamb on the 10th day, but they don't slaughter it till the 14th. Um, The Egyptians worshipped sheep, like I said. So yeah, here, God is asking the Egyptians to kill a god themselves. Um... The blood of the lamb on the doorpost on the on the the doorposts would have it was like a public sign of incrimination. So God was asking the the Hebrew people to incriminate themselves, you know, humble themselves. Well, and like he was forcing them out of Egypt because the Egyptian the Hebrews didn't want to leave. Uh, in fact, it's it's even in the Exodus story where they tell Moses like no. We don't want to leave. We we want to stay. We just were hoping you could like get us some better terms for the you know like mm-hmm. we, we they need to provide us hay like they were doing before mm-hmm. you know and if we could have an extra day off that would like that's the kind of save like rescue we're looking for. So God had to make the people leave. You know you have to choose. Do you want your firstborn son to die, or do you want to? Put the blood on the on the doorpost, and in the morning you got to get the heck out of here. So that's why they were eating with their loins girt, with the staff in their hand. You know they weren't letting the bread rise because in the morning when the sun rose, all the Egyptians were going to see that you have blood on your door, and we you committed a crime. And guess what? You got to get the heck out of here. We're here to we're here to kill you yeah. because you you committed deicide against one of our gods. Um, so. Uh, it was like, I forget who said this, if it was Brant Petrie or maybe uh, somebody else, but like... I think it was me. God could get 
he could get the Hebrews out of Egypt, but he, he had struggled to get the Egypt out of the Hebrews. Oh, that wasn't me. That's like the uh, you can get a, a, a country out of a boy, but he can't get, or you can get the boy out of the country, but you can't get the country yeah. out of the boy. Yeah, just like that. So um, the tenth plague teaches us that, as Doctor Tim Gray says, liberation can only come from liturgy. Okay, that makes sense. Liberation can only come from liturgy. Because liturgy is like the wor- is work. Avad. Yeah. Avad me. That's mm-hmm. what that's what God is wanting us to do. Come and uh, worship me. Serve me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's like this is where we learn that freedom isn't from something; it's for something. Freedom is never simply from things. Freedom is for something. Okay, so. You know, freedom is the the ability to choose the good. If the good doesn't exist, it doesn't matter that you might not have oppression in your life. You're not free if you don't have that good As the ought. to choose. The, right, exactly, you, the you, ought. You ought to do it. So this, this concept that liberation can only come from the liturgy is just so, is, that's just so beautiful. Um and it's you know like right there because it's so it was it was liturgy that they were doing you know you had to eat the lamb you know so you had to do all of these things and if you didn't there were not only spiritual consequences natural consequences you know your son was gonna die pretty heavy stuff and so it was all um, to uh, free the people mentally emotionally because they needed to know that these gods that they were worshiping were senseless animals as it says in in, in wisdom uh, another thing that we didn't i didn't talk about which i wanted to talk about because i think a lot of people wonder about is god hardening pharaoh's heart because uh 10 times god it says i mean we, we actually didn't even talk about like why is why is moses going to pharaoh like what oh, yeah uh, i know what, that, i mean we didn't really even talk about there's a lot of stuff we didn't talk about this yeah this is like the, you know, one of the most important stories in the whole Bible. No. I said, I didn't say it's the most. I said it's one of the most important oh. stories. Okay, I can at least think of two. But, yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, because, like, if ever there is something that foreshadows Christ, this is it. I mean, it's, like, super big. Um, but one that's one thing people ask a lot about is it seems kind of mean that God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. You know, like, he, he's, it's almost like he's picking on Pharaoh, mm-hmm. you know, in an unfair way. Um, a couple things about that is that 10 times Pharaoh, it says that in the Bible, he hardens his own heart, and 10 times it says God hardens his heart. So there's a balance there. It's not just God. Mm-hmm. It's also Pharaoh choosing it himself. But um, this is a really good analogy. Um, if you put clay and marshmallows in the sun. One of them will harden and the other one will melt. The sun is the same. So you could say the sun hardened the clay. And you would also say the sun melted the marshmallow. So this is this is like God. God is not doing anything different or he's not picking on Pharaoh. God is simply being who he is. Um and because of who Pharaoh has made himself, God has a hardening effect on him. Because, because, Pharaoh, because of who Pharaoh, the choices Pharaoh is making. 
So it's not that God is saying, I'm going to not, I'm going to prevent Pharaoh from, you know, responding with grace. God isn't doing that. God is simply being who he is and in the life of Pharaoh, knowing in advance, Pharaoh will harden himself against me because he has made himself like clay. Instead of if he had made himself like the marshmallow in my example, and probably there's a more, you know, like less weird analogy thing to pick, but I think it works, you know. So if we had, if he had made himself like a marshmallow, he would not have hardened. He would have drawn towards Christ and not the other way around. 